lot of sin. Oh, God's mercy, so amazing to me. Hi there. It's good to be with you today to talk about God's Word. And I want to speak today about some of the events that lead up to the birth of Jesus. And so I'm going to be in Luke 1 today, and I'm going to be starting at verse 5 and going through verse 24. But I just want to say this, that these stories that begin the book of Luke that lead to the birth of Christ, they are stories about historical people. I mean, they are events that occurred, as we know, but these stories have so much encouragement for us. I mean, they're not just about the people and what happened then, but they're about us and what God can do through our lives. So I hope you're encouraged today as we talk about John the Baptist and his parents, Zechariah and Elizabeth. So I'm going to begin by reading um, in the Gospel of Luke. I'm going to start at verse 5 and read this story, this account about John the Baptist and his family. So here's how the story goes. Herod was king of Judea, and during the time he was ruling, there was a priest named Zechariah. He belonged to a group of priests named after Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, also came from the family line of Aaron. Both of them did what was right in the sight of God. They obeyed all the Lord's commands and and his rules faithfully. But they had no children because Elizabeth was not able to have any, and they were both very old. One day, Zechariah's priestly group was on duty, and he was serving in God's temple. He happened to be chosen in the usual way to go into the temple of the Lord. There he was supposed to burn incense. The time came for this to be done. All who had gathered to worship were praying outside. And then an angel of the Lord appeared to Zechariah. The angel was standing at the right side of the incense altar. When Zechariah saw him, he was amazed and terrified. But the angel said to him, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will have a child. It will be a boy, and you must call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and his birth will make many people glad. He will be important in the sight of the Lord. He must never drink wine or other such drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he's born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will prepare the way for the Lord. He will have the same spirit and power that Elijah had. He will bring peace between parents and their children. He will teach people who don't obey to be wise and to do what is right. And in this way, he will prepare a people who are ready for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is old too. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I serve God. I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will have to be silent. 
you will not be able to speak until after John is born, and that's because you did not believe my words. They will come true at the time God has chosen. During that time, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the temple. They wondered why he stayed there so long. When he came out, he could not speak to them, and they realized he had seen a vision in the temple. They knew this because he kept gesturing to them, and he could not speak. And when his time of service was over, he returned home. became pregnant. She stayed home for five months. Now, if we jump ahead to verse 57 in this first chapter, it says this. The time came for Elizabeth to have her baby, and she gave birth to a son. That was a, kind of a long reading, but it's a wonderful story, and I don't want to miss any details in it. And so now I want to talk about them and just kind of unpack what we just heard. I know it's familiar to a lot of us, this narrative about Zechariah and Elizabeth and John the Baptist. But sometimes, you know, the familiar things, we miss the goodies in them <laughs> because we're so sure we know the story really well. So I want to talk about it a little more and see uh, the gifts that are in the story for us. So what about Zechariah and Elizabeth? They were good, decent people. They were people living according to the law. They were doing the things God had given them to do. But I want to just pause there for a minute because I think this is helpful to think about this for a moment. They were good, decent people. But the thing they yearned for with all their heart and that they'd been praying for to have a child, it hadn't happened, had it? And sometimes you can be a really good, decent follower of Christ. And you know Sometimes you will be having trouble. A lot of times we run into trouble in life. And you know that sometimes your prayers that you've been praying may still be something you're waiting for. So it's important to see that part of the story and to be reassured by it that this is something that happens sometimes. And so what's, what's our response to that? Um, you know, what's the point of being a good, decent follower Christ. Well, it honors God, doesn't it? And we build our faith as we wait for things and don't let ourselves give up. And we keep praying and we don't pause from that attitude, and that posture. So we can take note of how they continue to live their life in spite of not having what they needed or wanted. Because we're in that position sometimes too, aren't we? So anyhow, so they were living their lives Zechariah was doing his priestly duties, and they were quite old. Zechariah and Elizabeth had reached an age where, naturally, they shouldn't have any kids. She uh, was probably a woman past menopause. He was an older man, and we know in the natural, that's not when you have your kids, right? That if you're going to have a baby, it's not then. <laughs> it's earlier, when you're young, and when you're fertile, and you're able. And they had prayed for a baby. We, we know that because in uh, one of the verses when the angel Gabriel comes to Zechariah, he says, God has heard your prayer. That's a wonderful line, isn't it? And I think we can rejoice in that, not just Zechariah back then, but we can rejoice that God hears, even though sometimes 
what we've been praying about hasn't come to pass. We haven't seen it yet. But God hears. God heard the prayer of Zechariah and Elizabeth. And the angel confirmed that to them. Now, at the time of the story, at the time of this event, Zechariah had gone into the holy place. That was the place, of course, where the incense was burned, where there were candles, where there was bread. And uh, the priests, the high priest went into the Holy of Holies once a year. But this holy place was tended and cared for by the priestly divisions. And it was Zechariah's turn to go in and do that. So he was in there burning incense and outside the people were praying. And there's a beautiful picture, isn't it? The incense rising, which is a symbol of our prayers going up. And Zechariah was praying to the Lord. And the people were outside praying. And so imagine Zechariah's surprise as he just did his usual duties as a priest. You know, he had put on his robe. He had gone into the Holy of Holies. He did the things he was supposed to do. And suddenly there's an angel there. And Zechariah was clearly very startled. Many people would be if they're not used to seeing in the spirit. You know, some people are very sensitive and they are gifted. The Bible talks about seers, people who really truly can see in the spiritual realm and can see. A lot of people don't have that giftedness. Um, Maybe they sense angels' presence. They sense it by, they can feel the movement of current of air in the worship center when they're worshiping. Uh, Sometimes people find feathers. (laughs) They have ways of knowing that angels are about and angels are ministering. But Zechariah, we hear in this passage, he saw Gabriel and they began to have a conversation. And the first thing Gabriel said to Zechariah was, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. This is a good thing I'm here. Your prayer has been heard. And then Zechariah heard a most amazing thing after that. Your wife is going to have a son. And not only that, there's a name already set aside for him. He is to be called John. You know, what a message. My prayer has been heard. I'm going to have a son. We're not capable of having children, but we're going to have a son. (laughs) We've been praying for this thing all this time. God has named him for us. What an amazing thing that Elizabeth would become pregnant. This would be a miracle pregnancy, something unexpected. And then the angel Gabriel went on to say, and John's going to be a joy and a very great delight to many and they're going to rejoice at his birth he's going to be great in the sight of the lord their boy it was going to be a very great man now you know every child is precious and a great gift right every child um, but i think about john the baptist someone who had such a significant role in history and this was going to be their son The childless couple who thought they would never have a son, not only were they going to have a son, but they were going to have a son who was going to be the forerunner of Jesus Christ. That was going to be the child that would come into their lives. And they heard that he was going to be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he was born. 
Now, that's an amazing thing right there. And then the angel went on further and began to connect John to prophecy. Prophecy that had been made several hundred years before. So the angel said to Zechariah, said, John will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. He will go before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Well, there had where had Jewish people heard this prophecy before? That someone like Elijah was going to precede the Messiah, the coming of the Lord. In the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi is a spot where they had heard these words. In chapter 3, verse 1, it says, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. And then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. Now listen to that passage again. I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. And then the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant. So there's a messenger and the messenger of the covenant mentioned in that verse. Two messengers, but one named just the messenger and the other messenger of the covenant. So what does that mean? You know, what is this Malachi getting at in that? And he answers further, or he explains further in chapter 4, verse 5. He says, or he speaks on behalf of God who says, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the heart of the children to their parents. So you see, we're, we're hearing the angel refer to this prophecy of a messenger coming before the Messiah. And Jesus even confirms this identity for John the Baptist. Um, in Matthew 11, verses 13, 14, we hear Jesus say, All the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you are willing to accept it, he's the Elijah was to come so John the Baptist had this amazing place in God's history to be this messenger who would prepare people for the coming of the Lord who would turn the hearts of the children back to the parents and the parents back to the children and give wisdom to the disobedient um, or turn the disobedient, disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous so that people would pre- Be prepared for the coming of the Lord. Amazing. This is going to be their kid. (laughs) This is who Gabriel says. This is your baby, Zechariah. This guy, very special to God and very special to the world. So Zechariah was stunned. You know, who wouldn't be? He's like, what? (laughs) We're going to have a baby that we long ago gave up praying for us, two old people, like, you know, I'm sure, and I bet you can relate to this, I'm sure Zechariah and Elizabeth had arrived at that place of just, you know, this is the way life is. You know, we we wanted the baby. We never had the baby. We got our things to do. 
Elizabeth, you take care of the house, you bake the bread. Zechariah, you go in the holy place, you light the candles. We love God, but, you know, life that we thought might bring this only seems like this. We've settled a little. Now, it's not in the Bible. I'm reading into it a little bit, but I identify with how they might have felt that, you know, our dreams just didn't come to pass. And a lot of us can be like that, too, can't we? We can settle, our expectations get down. We just think, you know, this is, I, I remember years ago, there used to be a song a singer would sing, um, is that all there is? Is that all there is? <laughs> and um, that kind of is, I think, maybe the mood uh, that Zechariah and Elizabeth could have been in, but it's certainly the mood we get in sometimes that, what I long for, what I want my life to be, it doesn't look that way. God, why didn't you? Or where are you? And we can have those thoughts. And we're not the only ones. Scripture talks about this state of mind of being disappointed and ceasing to look up and trust God. Think of, for example, Psalm 106, verse 7. It says, when our ancestors were in Egypt, they gave no thought to your miracles. They didn't remember your many kindnesses, and they rebelled by the sea, by the Red Sea. You hear that? They didn't remember, God, your many kindnesses. They had miracle forgetfulness. <laughs> and we're like that sometimes ourselves. We can forget all the goodness of God. We can forget to hold on to the way we've encountered him, the way he's helped us. The prophetic words we've received, the promises of Scripture, we can forget to hold on to that. And we can get into that kind of low-level living, somewhat disappointed, going through the motions. And maybe that's where Zechariah was. I don't know, but maybe. Psalm 78.11 says it even more bluntly about us being forgetful. It says, they forgot what God had done, the wonders he had shown them. Let's don't be among those who forget. You know, hang on to every good thing you've encountered from God, every wonderful blessing in your life, every hope that you've had that maybe hasn't been met, but you're still praying about it. Hang on to it. Don't let go. Zechariah and Elizabeth were very old people, as we've talked about. And so at that point, when Zechariah is talking to Gabriel, he asks a question we might all ask. He says, well, that all sounds great, Gabriel, but how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. I, I don't know what Zechariah was expecting Gabriel to do. <laughs> you know, what, what would have made Zechariah sure that he could be sure, right? You know, what, what was he asking of Gabriel? Unfortunately, that question implies doubt, doesn't it? It says, how can I be sure this is a sure thing? You know, I, I, I don't want to get uh, all excited about something you're saying to me unless I can have some sort of proof or some sort of assurance that I can believe in this thing. And I understand that, you know, when we have been discouraged or disappointed Sometimes we, we, even as we begin to see goodness and blessing in our life, we 
Well, I, I work with addicts and, uh, and their recovery, and lots of times I see with them that when they get better and they start to heal and things uh, are going well for them, maybe they're getting a, a, a job, they got all their identification papers back, they maybe found an apartment, they maybe are getting their custody of their kids restored, but there's <clears throat> something in them that's like, Oh, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop because not, good things don't usually happen to me. So I, I, I'm certain it's not going to keep on. They have that that uh, wary sort of fearful attitude, and maybe that's where Zechariah was when he said, "I'm an old man. How can I be sure of this? My wife is well along in years." And the angel said, "I'm Gabriel. <laughs> I stand in the presence of God, and I've been sent to speak this good news to you." And Gabriel, when we remember, Gabriel is uh, an archangel. He is a, an important angel standing in the presence of, the, of God Almighty. And he's been sent. He has been sent to announce this news to Zechariah and to tell them how deeply they are favored by God. So the angel says to Zechariah, you'll be silent now. And not able to speak until the day of the child's birth because you did not believe my words. And they will come true at their appointed time. And that's an important, important thing to hear. Uh, appointed time. So this magnificent miracle, these childless people having a baby beyond childbearing years, is on God's clock, not theirs. If only we could keep firm in our hearts these facts that God can do anything and he'll do it at a time um, of his choosing and a time that's best for us and best for his purposes. Um, you may remember the verse in Galatians, Galatians 4, 4, it's in the fullness of time Christ was born. That wonderful phrase, in the fullness of time, Christ was born. So they were never forgotten, never forgotten. Their prayers had been heard. But in God's timing, this baby boy, John the Baptist, would come because he was going to be the announcer, the forerunner, the, the person that spoke of Jesus, and then Jesus would be right there. And so their births needed to be very near one another so the timing would be right and God had this in mind for Zechariah and Elizabeth it's so important not to lose hope to keep on saying to ourselves my God will supply he is for me so Zechariah walked out of the holy place of the temple and rejoined the people because he couldn't speak and because he had taken so long, they knew that somehow God had encountered him in a very special way. And as he went back home, and very soon Elizabeth was pregnant. And in the sixth month, Gabriel paid a visit to someone else, to Mary. And she was going to be the mother of Jesus. So Mary visited Elizabeth. And sure enough, the words about John the Baptist being filled with the Spirit proved true. As Mary came into Elizabeth's home, the baby leaped in 
in Elizabeth's womb in uh, recognition of Jesus. And when John was born, Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth had filled, been filled with the Spirit at Mary's visit and in that uh, movement inside of her of John the Baptist. But Zechariah then was filled with the Spirit when John was born. This is a a wonderful feature of these stories in Luke. The Holy Spirit so touched the lives of each of the people involved in these narratives. So Zechariah said about his son, you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. And Zechariah was simply repeating the prophecy that John was going to be the Elijah figure to perceive the coming of Jesus. Well, these Luke stories about the events that lined up before the birth of Jesus and immediately after are so wonderful. We just see how many times people are touched by the spirit of Zechariah, Elizabeth, John, this couple who undoubtedly thought they would die without having their baby. We're so surprised by the goodness of God in their old age. (laughs) As a grandma, I love this story. (laughs) I love the fact that scripture says you can be green until your old age, right? (laughs) I love that. Uh, And here it is with these two people. You know, they may have thought, The best years are behind us. Nothing more can happen. We just have to rest up to die. (laughs) That's not how it works in God's kingdom. That's not how it works. God has plans and needs and usefulness for us all the days of our life as we have our life focused on him. And so I want to say to you today, I hope that you hear in this passage about John the Baptist, that God did not forget Zechariah and Elizabeth. He had heard their prayer, and God has not forgotten you either. I don't know what's on your heart, whoever's listening to this. I don't know what's on your heart, what you pray about, what you feel wistful about, what you hope for and you think it's maybe too big. Think bigger. Think bigger. God thinks bigger. God thinks way beyond anything we can ask or imagine, right? We know that scripture passage. God is abundant and is giving his favor, his love, his plans, his mercy. So let me say three things to wrap up this passage. And the first one is this. God is a God of miracles. You may have resigned yourself to something like, I'll always be sick. This thing will never go away. Or my marriage won't get better. My kid won't shape up. Um, I will always be stuck in this job. I will never get ahead. Like Zechariah, you may have resigned yourself to something just settled and thought this is as good as it gets. But God is a miracle-working God. God is a God who's listening to our prayers. They do rise to him like incense, and he collects them in bowls. Again, scripture tells us that. So uh, 
it's good news for us. The story is a wonderful story about what happened in the days leading up to the birth of Jesus, but it's a wonderful story for us to hear that first truth. God is a wonder-working, way-making, miracle-making God, and he has not forgotten you. And that brings me to a second thing, and that is timing. Timing in God's economy is different from our timing. And we think, oh, well, I have this prayer, and Lord, (laughs) and it should happen this way. Uh, I know just how to direct you. (laughs) So we need to hear from the story the magnificence of God's time. And it's better than ours. He makes all things beautiful in his time, as Ecclesiastes 3.11 says. God knows the perfect time to bring about what he has in mind. And it might not be the time in which we think something should happen. Can we get that in our minds and trust him? His timing is better. So if you are praying for a miracle in your life, keep on. You're not foolish. You're wise to persist to keep on knocking. The story tells us that many miracles occurred around Christmas time with the intervention of the Holy Spirit and because of God's deep concern for his people and the fact that he's always mindful of us. And the third thing I want to say about this story is that there are angels among us helping us all the time. And that's part of the story too, isn't it? They may seem like ordinary people. They can seem like apparitions. Perhaps you may feel them near. Maybe you aren't one who sees them, but you feel them present. Or maybe you've had experiences where you know someone, something had to be helping me because I don't know how I got out of that thing alive. (laughs) I just will tell you a little story of mine, and you can make of it what you will. I was preparing for an overseas mission trip one time, and uh, I was really weighted down emotionally because I was dealing with, excuse me to say it, but some difficult people, (laughs) and getting ready was proving hard and just a struggle in some ways, and I remember walking into a store one day, and um, there was a man there. He was kind of like organizing carts, and he just looked like a very pragmatic Mature, competent. He just had that air about him, an able person. And I walked, I started to walk past him and he just said, hello, pastor. And I took a step and I thought, who is he? I don't know this man. I've never seen him before in my life. Who is this? So I turned around immediately and looked and he was not there. And, you know, was it an angelic person? I no, was it just I was getting too crazy from the mission trip I was organizing? <laughs> I don't know. But I'll tell you the effect it had on me. You know, just that, hello, pastor. It did something to me internally where I felt uplifted, reassured, uh, renewed. So angel, not angel, or someone like an angel. I don't know. <laughs> you decide. But they are here because Hebrews 1.14 tells us that angels are messengers sent to encourage the saints who will inherit salvation. Amen? <laughs> Amen. Well, thank you very much for listening to me talk about Zechariah and Elizabeth and John. And God bless you.
the seed of Abraham. 